Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church Online. We are so glad that you chose to join with us this morning and worship with us at home or in your apartment or if you're out somewhere. We're just glad that you tuned in right here to Moorhead, Kentucky and in this region to see what God is doing right here at Better Life Church. We also want to welcome everybody also. We love you guys in Grayson. We know you guys are scattered to amongst the county and we're just so glad that you guys took time this morning to jump in right here and continuing this series called Spring Cleaning. And I tell you what, we had no idea when we planned this series that this was what was going to be taking place. But what an amazing series for us if we're going to do church online than a book study through the book of James. We know some of you right now, you're meeting with like a house church. You invited your small group over on Sunday morning. You're watching uh, the message together and you're going to talk about the message and your Bible study afterwards. And we just want to say, man, way to go. We are so proud of you guys for continuing to do life together as best as we can with this new normal that we're facing as a church. And I just want you to know as your pastor, one, I miss you guys because I love more than anything worshiping with you guys on Sunday morning collectively as a church. But number two, I want you to know we're praying for you and that uh, we're we're lifting you up and your families. We know that we don't know the fallout just yet, how people are going to be affected, but here's what we do know, that God is really in control. And three, listen, I want to let you know that I am so hopeful. I really believe, I said this this past week, but really in me, I truly believe that God's going to get glory from this, that the church is going to come out better and stronger. And I'm telling you, we're going to be united, not just our church, but I'm talking about the big C church, that we're going to be united together. In fact, this past week, we had some pastors in our community come together and begin to pray and ask God to do miracles, to begin to pray and ask God to do something amazing in our community. And I'm telling you what, I really believe that God's going to show up and show out and lives are going to be forever changed for what he's about to do. So with that said, I am so thankful that you took time on Sunday morning to jump in. And maybe you're not here in Kentucky with us. That's where we're located. We minister to a region here in Kentucky. Maybe you're somewhere across our country. Maybe you're across the world. And somehow you found your way through Facebook or YouTube or our online page and found your place right here. Here's what we believe. We don't believe you're here by accident. We believe God brought you here, brought you to this website, brought you to Facebook. Someone shared this with you because God has a word for you to speak into your life. So as everybody's focused on what's going on, can we just take just a few moments and focus on God's Word and what He is doing? You know, in this series, we our, our team put this book out. It's the book of James. You may not have one. You're watching online. You may not have one of these. But basically, it's a reading plan. And as, you, as the host said a while ago, if you want to find out more of our resources, jump on our website. We have some resources. You can follow along with us as we read through the book of James. I mean, this week coming, I plan on doing some online Bible study through Facebook Live. I'm going to jump on and kind of go through some of the scripture in James that we're not able to get to in the whole entire series. And if that's you, you know, we love for you just to jump online with us. We're going to do a little online Bible study, man. It's going to be so good. We're going to harness this and use this and, and continue to lift up Jesus any way we can. And if it has to be online, we're going to do it online. Today we're in James chapter 3. So grab your book. If you have your book, you can take some sermon notes. Grab your Bibles. I'm going to be using the New Living Translation. Grab your Bible, and we're going to go through James chapter 3 a little bit, look at it, and, uh, and, and discuss some of the things that James wants us to know as believers. In week one, we just basically did the introduction. You know, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He was one of the leaders, if not the pastor of the Jerusalem church. We know about 62 AD, he lost his life for standing up for Jesus. We, we also know that he wasn't a believer until after the resurrection. So you could imagine, because some people say, well, if I lived back in that time, if I was the half-brother of Jesus, you know, 
I definitely, you know, would believe. But he did not believe until after the resurrection. And now we have a word from him that God inspired him to move him to write the teachings that we have. As he's writing to all the, the 12 tribes that are scattered out amongst the nation, he has 12 lessons that he wants to teach. 12 mini sermons. Now, obviously, in a five-week series, we can't get to all 12 of them, but that's what I'll be sharing throughout the week on this online Bible study I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a couple of these little mini teachings and sermons uh, that we're not able to get to as we go through together, and let's just talk about them. So if that's you and you're at home and you, you may not have nothing to do, jump online, join me. We, we love to go through the scriptures together. And then last week, we talked a little bit about what does real faith look like. Now, to be honest with you, I wasn't able to jump fully all into James chapter 2. I'll, I'll do that in the week to come online, on an online Bible study. But I, I, I shifted gears and talk about how do you practice peace in the midst of panic? How do you do that tangibly? What are some choices you can make right now? And if you miss that, I want to encourage you. If you're struggling maybe with a little bit of anxiety or even depression or worried or, or fear, take time to go back and watch last week. Go back and watch it because I address some of those things that people are, are asking. And, and, and how do I actually, actually take practical steps to practice peace in my life? And today we're going to jump in right here in James chapter 3. So if you're sitting beside somebody at home, say, let's go. Nobody said it here because they're not in here. So I'm going to say it myself. Let's go. All right. So here we go. James chapter 3. Let's start with verse 1. It says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of us should become teachers in the church. Oh, snap. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, now, what in the world is James saying? Out of all the scriptures, and there's a bunch of scriptures, you know, in the Bible as you read through, like, okay, that one, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to work through that. This is one that I take at a very, that I don't take lightly. When the Bible says not everyone should become teachers because you are going to be, watch this, accountable for the words that come out of your mouth. Now, when I first was called the ministry, that verse right there kind of like was like shook me to the core. Because I knew if I had to stand up and preach in front of people that I'm going to be accountable to God how I lead people, how I teach people. And I do not take that lightly. I do everything in my power to get before God and say, God, help a sinner like me. Who, who, who's not perfect whatsoever, try to take a perfect word and speak it to a life. To be true to the context of the scripture and not put my own preference or my own spin or my own ideology into it. But God, what do you have to say? As your pastor, listen to me. I do not take that lightly. Because I know the Bible says that I'm going to be held at a higher accountable. That a higher standard comes to anyone. But not just the pastor who teaches. For anyone who teach our little ones, who teach our young people, those who, who teach our youth, people who speak into your life, listen, we are going to be held out of high. So James is saying, listen, if you're going to speak, there's power in your words. There's power in the speech that comes out of your mouth. He goes on and says in verse 2, he goes, we all make many mistakes. So kind of was like, whew, because I have made many, many, many mistakes. I know that. I've said some things. I said, oh, I didn't mean that guy. I meant this guy because my mind moves so fast. Even last week, I said 12, 12 twabs. I don't know if you caught on that or not. My sons, we were watching the, the message together at home. We was having a home church, and all day long, they kept saying, Dad, 12 twabs, 12 twabs, because I, I messed up on the stand. But anyway, I know a lot of us sometimes, we make mistakes or we say things that might be out of context, but I want to 
you to know I do everything in my power to get before God. Say, God, how would you have me to teach? What do you want me to say? How, what does your word say? Not what does Daniel say. What does your word say? But he says we all make mistakes. And here's what he's saying. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We don't have perfect everything. He knows that we, we, we're going to make mistakes. And so I'm so glad James says that. He says, but he goes, says, but if we could control our tongues, if we could speak all the time truth and speak all the time, man, wouldn't that be great? But guess what? We're sinners. We, we mess up. We, we make mistakes. But thank goodness for God's grace. So there's a few things I just want to walk you through real quick. There's a few things that James wants us to know about our words. He wants us to see there is power in our words or our speech. And so let's keep walking through this together and look here what he says. Here's the first point if you're taking notes. I want you to write this down. My words direct where I'm heading in life. My words are so powerful they shape, they direct where I am heading in my life. If I ask yourself this question, where are you going in life? Where are you heading in life? Here's what I'd say to look at. Look at your words. Look at what you're speaking over yourself. Look what you're speaking over your future. Look what you're speaking over your, your family. Look what you're speaking over, over the things that lie in front of you. Your words have the power to shape and direct your destiny. Did you know that? I mean, this is fascinating. The words I speak in my mind, the words I speak to myself have the power to direct my destiny. Now look, here's where we get this. Look what he says in verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong. Now, what is James saying? He says, think of a bit. Now, some of you, you might not know what a bit is. You might not lived on a farm. You never, you know, rode a horse or anything like that. But there's this little bitty, tiny bit, little bitty metal piece. It's really about that long. And that metal piece goes in the mouth of that horse. And that little tiny bit has the power to direct that horse wherever it wants to go. This like 500-pound creature that God made or more, you can sit on this and watch this. That little tiny bit directs that horse. Watch this wherever you want it to go. James says your tongue is just like that bit. It has the power to direct, to shape the destiny of your life. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever just took a moment and thought about that? And then he goes for those who don't like farmers or, or don't like to farm or, or like to ride horses. He goes, think about getting on a boat. Think about a ship. It has these little tiny rudders, little rudders. In comparison to the ship, it's so small. And that little rudder can direct this entire massive, huge boat. No matter if the wind's blowing, the waves are coming, and chart its course. Now listen to me. James says, your tongue is just as powerful as that rudder that you can direct that ship. Is that not fascinating? He's saying your words have the power to direct your life. Here's what he's saying. Your words is the steering wheel to your life. And if what you say directs your life, let me ask you this question. This would be a great question for you to ask in your group study if you're, or, or, or if you're virtually doing group together. Whatever you're doing, you figure out a way to make it happen. Ask yourself this question. Where are you headed in life? And what words are you speaking of yourself and other people in that direction? If you, listen, if, if you show me somebody 
who has a mouth out of control. How many of you right now, you know somebody whose mouth is just always out of control? Come on, get your hand up. You know, come on. Yes, I don't know you're sitting at home. Just get your hand up. You're in your pajamas. It don't matter. Get your hand up, right? Get your, how many of you right now, you know somebody whose mouth is just literally out of control? Out of control. Listen, you show me somebody who has a mouth out of control, and I'll show you somebody who has a life that's out of control. Because if your mouth is out of control, I'm here to tell you, so will your life. Your words will direct the direction of your life. Here's the second thing James wants us to know. My words have the power to build up or tear down. Now, this one's huge. The words that come out of my mouth, they are so powerful that they can build up or they can destroy and they can tear down. How are you using your words? Are you using your words to build up your life? Are you using your words to build up the people around you's life? Or are you using the words to tear down your life? As you speak negative self-talk to yourself, are you tearing down the people around you because of the words that are coming out of your mouth? Listen to what he says in verse 5. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing. What is it comparison to? To the bit. Remember the horse? It's small in comparison to the horse. The rudder is small in comparison to the boat. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, great speeches, but a tiny spark, tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Its, its whole world is wickedness and corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. Well, that's scary. Are you, I mean, what does that mean? Like what in the world? My, my, my tongue is set on fire by hell. I mean, <laughs> like, whoa, what do, you, what do you mean, James? People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless. It's evil. It's full of deadly poison. It has the power to destroy the people around you. Now, watch this. He says your words can give great grand speeches. Your words can build people up. Your words can encourage people. Your words can inspire people with great speeches. That's awesome. But in the same way, your words, just as a tiny spark, one little match can destroy thousands and thousands of acres in a forest fire. That's how powerful your words are. You can build people up with your great grand speeches or you could destroy with a tiny, tiny, tiny spark like you would see a great, great forest fire. Have you ever met a verbal arsonist? You know what I'm talking about? Like a verbal arsonist, like everywhere they go, they're just breathing fire out. Like they're always judgmental of everything. They're judging everybody. You know what I'm talking about? They're critical. They're so critical. Every time something happens, they're judging people. They're critical of people. They're tearing down people. They always got this like theory or a conspiracy theory in their mind. When, when something positive happens in someone's life, they say, yeah, but they talk negative about them. You know what I'm talking about, right? Quit looking at the person sitting beside you at home. I know it's what you're doing. You're elbowing somebody right now going, honey, he's talking to you. Honey, get in here. I know. I know. You're, you, I know. You got to hear this, right? They're a verbal arsonist. Have you ever met someone like that? That they breathe fire and negativity everywhere they go? Listen, that's what James is saying. That your tongue is that powerful. That your tongue, watch this, can have a chain reaction to the people that you care about the most. 
Like right now, you, you're upset, you don't know what's going on with your job, and you don't know if you're about to get laid off, or am I going to get a paycheck, and, and you're, you're stressed, and you're upset, and you're mad, and you're angry, and you're worried, and you're frustrated, and you come home, man, and you yell at your wife. You begin to yell at your wife, and you begin, it's not even her fault, but you, you yell at her because you're frustrated, you know what's going on, and everything irks you, and you yell at your wife, and then your wife gets upset, she slams the cabinet, then she yells at the kid, the kid gets upset, and he kicks the dog, the dog gets upset, and he eats the cat. You know what I'm saying? There's a chain reaction. Now, we're okay if he eats the cat. We ain't worried about cats, right? All my cat lovers, calm down, calm down. We love your cats. If you have a problem with that, email adam at bearlife.church. He'll take care of all your cat questions, okay? I, I know. There's, there's a chain reaction, though. Now, watch this. Imagine if you come home and you speak life to your wife. You speak life to her. You speak life to your kids. What about when you go to work and everybody's uncertain? I don't know if I want. Some people's like, some people's laid off. Some people not. I don't know if I'm going to have it. You go to work and you speak life. Like you, you, you speak positive. You, you, you use these words, like he said, to have grand speeches. And you inspire people and you encourage people. Listen to me. Your words is like a chain reaction. And it has the power to change the atmosphere around you. Listen what Proverbs 18, 21 says. The tongue can bring death or life. Can we just stop right there and evaluate your words in light of that scripture? Is, yours, is your word speaking death over yourself and over others, or is your word speaking life over yourself and others? Which one? That's a great question for you to ask your group. That's a great question. Listen to me, listen to me. We have a lens sometimes that blocks us. Like we don't see. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes we all have like what we say, blind spots in our life. If you really want to humble yourself and get vulnerable, go to, go to your wife and say, honey, do I speak death or life over you? Because what happens is sometimes we don't see it and listen. Vice versa, ladies, go to your husband and say, am I always nagging? Am I always speaking death? Am I always being toxic? Am I always saying negative stuff or am I speaking life? Because I don't, sometimes I don't hear myself. And watch this. That's a humility. Humble yourself. We're going to talk about that next week. Humble yourself. Go to your kids and ask them, does the words come out of my mouth, son? Are they, are they toxic? Are they, how they sound to you? My kids teach me so much. I go to them all the time and, and I apologize if, if I mess up, if I say something. I say, you're right, dad, sorry, dad's right. Hey, how can, I've even asked my kid, how can I be a better dad to you? Because I want their perspective. See, that's humility. I, I want to How can I be a better father to you? How can I be a better husband? Humble yourself. And a lot of times it's probably from the words that come out of our mouth. Because our words had the power, watch this, to destroy our families, to destroy your job and your career. It could destroy your friends and the people around you. Evaluate the words that come out of your mouth. Here's the third thing James wants us to know, and this one's a big one. That my words reveal who I really am. This one hurts. I mean, this one's one that's like, ouch. This is one of those like, I'm kind of glad I'm not there in person right now because, bro, you're about to step all up on my toes. You know what I'm saying? This is one of those like, come on, James, really? Come on. See, your words reveal who you are. Your words reveal your character. And here's my question. Are you inconsistent to who you think you are, to what comes out of your mouth? Ouch. Listen to what he says here in verse 9. This is going to catch a lot of us. Right here, look what he says. Sometimes it, what's it? Remember, the tongue. It's like the bits, like the rudder. It's very small. 
Sometimes it, my mouth, praises the Lord our Father. And then sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. I'm like, he knew Facebook was going to be around when he wrote this. Because we come here on Sunday morning and we praise Jesus and we give him all the glory and all the praise. And we go right home and then we start cutting people down. We start talking negative to our wife and our spouse. We start talking about people behind their back. We start gossiping about them. We write bad things about people. But we praise Jesus. Does that not sound like some people you know and maybe yourself? I praise Jesus in one sense, but then I turn around and I curse others at the same time. He says, and so blessing, praise Jesus, and cursing to others come pouring out of the same mouth. Is that you? See, people think, and here's what we think. Scholars believe that the book of James is the first book in the New Testament, which means it's the earliest written book that we have out of all the New Testament books. One of the earliest ones, the closest one from Jesus' ascension in between. This is the earliest book that we have. And people say, like, that Bible's just not relevant. Oh, really? How many of you praise Jesus one moment, but then you curse somebody the next? And I'm not talking about profanity. We'll get to that in just a minute. I'm not sure what I'm talking about. I praise Jesus, but then I curse Jesus or I curse other people. Cursing here is not profanity. Profanity, to be honest with you, let's just face it, it really makes you look immature. And you see people who curse all the time and have profanity all the time. It just really makes you look immature. That's not what he's talking. He's not talking about profanity. What is he talking about? Cursing is any word that comes out of your mouth, watch this, that tears someone down. That makes a fire spark in someone's life in a negative way. That verbal arsonist, that's what cursing is. He's not talking about profanity. He talks about cursing. Which that's, that's worse enough, right? He's talking about anything you say that brings death or brings or tears someone down, that's a curse. In light of that, listen to me, sir, how are you speaking to your wife? In light of that, ma'am, how are you speaking to your husband? In light of that, what are you saying about people on Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be? You see this? We praise Jesus right now together, but then we talk so negative. I, I couldn't imagine have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people who call Better Life Church the home church. Could you imagine, imagine if we become a people who speak life and not death? Like right now in this crisis and everybody's talking negative about everything and everything's focused on it. Why can't we be the people and the children of God and start talking about hope? Start praying together. Start, start making watch parties together and get together. Even virgins say, we're going to pray together. And start talking and, and put scripture out like it's okay. Like trust the Lord, lean on him. Could you imagine thousands of people right now who are watching this if we decide to do that? Because I pray that when you begin to write something or say something bad about someone, and my prayer is for you right now. Listen, what I'm praying for you as your pastor. I'm praying the Holy Spirit convicts you and you just go, ah, and delete it. I shouldn't have said, I'm just going to delete it. I can say it. You can't make a point, but you're not here to make a point. You're here to make a difference, a difference in the people's life. And here's how you make a difference. Look at the words that are coming out of your mouth, because here's the reality. Your words reveal who you are and your words reveal your character so where does this come from like how do I fix this because I mean I know you don't want to praise Jesus on Sunday and start talking negative about people on Monday I know that so how do I fix that like I'm talking to you like Chris, Chris how do how where does this come from because I don't want to be that way and some of you watch this <laughs> I'm gonna be very I'm gonna try to say this in a nice nice way I don't, I don't know how else to say this um 
one of my friends, we talk about this all the time, we talk about it, is that it may just be that you just don't have self-awareness. Ever met somebody don't have self-awareness? You know what I'm talking about? Like they just have, they have no self-awareness. You know, like if you tell a story, they up your story. You know what I'm talking about? They have no self-awareness. You know, the person always taking selfies <laughs> they have, they, and they post them, they have no self-awareness. I'm going to do a whole message on how to have self-awareness because, you know, and here's what happens. Sometimes we don't have self-awareness and we don't think our words are toxic. And we don't think what comes out of our mouth is bad. That's why you humble yourself and ask the people around you. They're like, oh, bro, yeah, you, you're really toxic. You always talk negative about people. You always tell dirty jokes in the office, and you think it's a thing that people laugh about. You don't really have self-awareness in your life. That's another whole message. We'll say that. Look what he says in verse 11. So where does this come from, James? Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water. Now, what's he saying? A spring, a well in the ground. Can bitter water and fresh water come out of the spring? Uh, no. All right, verse 12. Does a fig tree produce olives? Uh, no, a fig tree produces figs, James. Okay. Or does a grapevine produce figs? No, a grapevine produces grapes. Look what he says. No. So what's this? You can't draw fresh water out of a salty spring. That's a nice, what does that mean? Like, what in the world does that mean? You can't draw fresh water out of a salty spring. Here's what, here's what he's trying to say. What is in the well is going to come out. Whatever's in that well is going to come out. Whatever's in the vine or the tree will come out. If it's an apple tree, that's what's in the tree. An apple will come out. You're not going to get a grape out of the apple tree. You're not going to get a fig out of that. You're not going to get an orange out of it. You're going to get what's in the roots, right? You're going to get what's on the inside will come out. What's inside the well will come out. What's inside the tree will come out. So what is he saying? The problem is not your tongue. The problem is your heart. Because what is in your heart will come out. What is on the inside will come out. That's why your words reveal your heart. It's here. I've had people tell me all the time, Pastor, pray for me. I got a dirty mouth. I say, you don't got a dirty mouth. They're, oh, Pastor, you don't know. I got a filthy mouth. I say, you don't have a filthy mouth. And they're like, yes, you don't understand. When I'm at work, I got a filthy mouth. I say, you don't have a filthy mouth. You have a filthy heart. Because what is in your heart will make its way out in your words, in your deeds, and in your actions. It will come out. See, the problem's not the fruit, and the problem's not the water. The problem is inside. Have you ever said something before, and you, you backtrack, and you say, I'm so sorry. It's, it's just not like me to say those things. It's just not like me to respond that way. Have you ever said that before? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't respond in that way. That's, that's just not who I am. I just, I don't respond that way. James would say, uh-uh, that's exactly who you are. That's why you responded that way. Because what is in your heart will come out. Jesus says this, Matthew 12, 34, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So we got to figure out how do we fix our heart. This is a serious, serious problem. So here's the question. Here's the question. What's the solution? How do I fix this? How do I take the steps to fix this? Here's the first step. Number one, get a new heart. You need a new heart. If I've got a dirty heart, I need a clean heart. How do I get a clean heart? Where do I start with getting a clean heart? Well, there's a word called repentance. 
And that word repent means you need to turn to God. You need to turn your mind towards God. And when I turn my mind towards God, it turns my heart towards God and it turns my actions towards God. That's what the word repentance means. You need to get a new heart. The Bible tells us, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, that means that anyone who's in Christ becomes a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. And I need to become a new person and get a new heart, and I need to repent. That's how powerful, watch this. The Bible says if we will confess Jesus with our mouth. Do you see how powerful there is in words? <laughs> Do you see that? And the same way, if I will confess with my mouth, with my words, that Jesus is Lord. Believe in my heart. The Bible says you will be saved. But I know what you're saying. I'm a Christian. I've got a new heart. But I praise Jesus on Sunday and I still talk bad about people behind their back. Or I still gossip or I still talk negative to myself. See, that's why you need to practice. I like to call it rapid repentance. Like when I say something I shouldn't say, I need to repent, I need to work on that, I need to get that, I need to confess that. But here leads to the second part. If that's you, if you say, I'm a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you need a new heart. That's what's this in you. you got a bad heart. You need a new heart. And you get a new life, you become a new person in Christ, a new creation in Christ, you get a new heart. If you're a Christian, you've given your life to Jesus, and you're struggling with having blessings and cursings coming out of your mouth, here's what you need to do. The second thing, you need to ask God to guard your heart. You need to say, God, I need you to guard my heart. Guard it. You know, David did. David said in Psalms 141, verse 3, take control of what I say. And here's what he cries out to God. God, guard my lips. Put a doorway. Shut my lips when I'm going to say things that I shouldn't say. Guard my heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Because your words have the power to direct your life. If what's in here affects everything out there, God, please guard my heart. Guard it. Protect it. Set a doorpost on my lips and make sure nothing comes out that's going to be bringing death or spark a fire or harm someone or tear someone down. Would you guard my mountain? Here's the third and the final and this was a big one for people. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. Now, <laughs> this one was a hard one a lot of times for me as I, because I'm, 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 I feel my way through life. I speak things out. I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, which means I think out loud in words. So I have ideas. I speak, 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 speak. Well, one of the things that I've had to really practice growing as a leader, growing as a husband, growing as a pastor, growing as a father is this, to think before I speak. That is a sign of maturity. It's a sign of your growing. In fact, James says this in chapter one. Remember, read this in chapter one. He says what? Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. What is he saying? Think before you speak. See, some of you speak words to people because you know what aggravates them and you know what their hot button is and you just sling it out there and you say things that you know it's going to bring destruction. You know it's going to bring it as soon as you say it. And for those of you who speak before you really think about the consequences, it's because you don't practice self-control. Self-control comes from where? Yielding to the Spirit of God by saying, God, I yield to you. 
Will you protect my heart? Will you guard my words? I trust you. Help me think before I speak. (laughs) For most people, especially right now, it's going to be at home. Maybe we don't know how long this is going to last. You're going to be at home. Why don't you think before you tweet, you know, or think before you start typing things out. Think what I'm about to say. Is this going to build people up or tear people down? Am I going to lift people up and point them to Jesus or is it going to bring division in people's lives? Think before I say anything. And I'm telling you what, is that going to fix your problems overnight? No, but you will start seeing you control your mouth. You will start seeing the impact of your words. Listen, because there's power in your words. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And it's going to be awkward. I know you might be at home and you're sitting around maybe with your family. Or you got your, maybe your small group at your house. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you just for a moment. If you would just bow your heads, just for a moment, go ahead and bow your heads. And I just want you to think through this real quick. Proverbs says the tongue can bring death or life. Look at, you, look at and examine your words right now. Are you speaking death over yourself or life? Are you speaking death over the situation that our world's facing? Or are you speaking life? When there's all this negative news, how can we talk about positive things? How can we talk about godly? How can we talk about truth and what God's word says? Are you speaking these things of yourself? For instance, are you cursing yourself? And what I mean by cursing yourself is are you tearing your own self down, your own self-image that you're made in God's image, but you're tearing it down? Are you saying things like this? I'm poor. I'll never be healed. I'm ugly. I'm a failure. I'll never find love. God doesn't love me. My marriage is going to fail. I'm going to lose my job. I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. I'm a worrier, and I'll just worry all the time. Are you saying these negative curses over your life? Are you speaking death over yourself? I want to encourage you to stop that and start speaking life and start speaking blessings. That's what James, we just saw how powerful words are. Start saying to yourself, I am loved by God. I am more than a conqueror in Christ. I am forgiven of my past, my present, and my future sins. I don't have to be afraid. God, you said you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. God, you promised me you will meet all my needs. No matter what happens in this world, you will meet all my needs. Today, right now, I have breath. Today, right now, I'm alive. So, God, I'm just going to thank you, and I'm going to praise you moment by moment. God, right now, I still have a purpose because I'm breathing. God, I don't have to what if about my future because you hold my future in your hands. When we're going to start speaking life and not death of our circumstances or our situations. And so as you examine your words, maybe humble yourself as you're sitting there as a family and go around as a family. This is a great opportunity if you have kids and teenagers or are people at home and say, listen, we got to start looking at the words that come out of our mouth, the tone that comes out of our mouth, the things that we say. This applies to all ages. Talk about these things. Go on and do church at home together. Maybe get online and start talking about these things. Interact with people. It's like, hey, humble yourself. Say, Here's things I need to work on. Go to your friends and say, hey, listen, you know what? Hold me accountable. Every time at work, when I get around a bunch of guys, I always, I always tell these kind of off-color or dirty jokes. And you know what? I shouldn't be saying that. I want you to hold me accountable. Tell them. Have somebody to hold you accountable for the words that come out of your mouth. Find people you love. That's what community is about. Go to your spouse. Humble yourself. Ask. But maybe the greatest thing you can do right now, it's the greatest thing you can do, especially in our time that we seen so much uncertainty here's what we know what is certain god is true god is love god gives grace 
God will is, is eternal. And this does not take God by surprise. And the greatest thing you could do right now is to give your heart to Jesus and for you to get a new heart. How do I do that? Watch this, with the power of your words. The Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth, say it, Jesus, you are Lord. And believe in your heart. Why? Because it's going to start here. It's going to come out. That God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Whether you're watching this on your phone, an iPad, a computer, you got it up on your TV, it doesn't matter. If you're in the living room, you're in the bedroom, even if you're in the bathroom, it doesn't matter. Listen to me. Right where you sit, one thing that is true, this world will fade away. God's word will never fade away. And he is true. And he loves you more than anything else. And listen, he wants you to run to him. So would you please, I beg you to give your life to Jesus. In fact, you can pray with me. I say this all the time. Saying a prayer is not what saves you. But my lips can declare and proclaim with power what my heart declares. Why? Because what's inside will come out. So would you pray this with me? Would you say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you got up out of the grave for me. Right now, this morning, would you pray that with me? And as best as I know how, I yield my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Now if that's you, here's what I want you to do. Something bold. If you need to, email me, pastor at bearlife.church. Right now, email me. Get on Facebook, let us know. Go to a next step page, let us know. Call the office, leave it on the answer machine if you got to. You let us know. You let people know that you just gave your life to Jesus. You may be at home by yourself or with your family. I have no idea. But you need to let someone know that right now I declared and gave my life to Jesus. Let us know. We love, we want to celebrate. Our mission is to help you follow Jesus and take next steps. It doesn't matter if we're over online. We're going to help you do that next step. We're going to help you do it virtually. We're going to do everything in our power to minister to you through technology, any way that we can during this time in our country. And I want you to know something. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for giving your life to Jesus. Church, keep your head up. Come on. Be the church. Start loving on people, helping people, blessing people. Be resources around you. If you got elderly people around you, step up and be the church. Go to the grocery store for them. You do whatever you can. Step up and be the church that God's called us to be. And I'm telling you what, God's going to use it for his glory. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for James. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for inspiring him. How convicting even myself, Lord, of just guarding my mouth and, and making sure I'm being true to your word as I teach it. But God, what the things I speak over my life, over my family, over our world, over our country, Lord, I pray we speak life. We trust you. You are in control. God, in the time that we need to tame the tongue or try our best to control this with yielding to the spirit, God, guard our hearts. Guard our minds. Set a doorpost, as David said, protect what comes out. Create in us, God, a new heart, a clean heart, a fresh heart, that fresh words and positive and life-giving words come out, not only from what we say, but what we write online, for what we say about others. And let us be the people, Lord, who trust you. We pray that you get all the glory, you get all the credit. Father, we cannot wait to see what you're going to do through this crisis. But we trust you. 
For it's your name we ask and we pray. Come on now, and everybody said, amen. See you next week. Thanks for joining us at Better Life Church. If you'd love to discover more about how you can take your next step with Christ, we'd love for you to visit betterlife.church slash next steps. There you will find help and resources for whatever step God has for you. If you enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to subscribe and be part of our community. You can also join us live on Sundays or find more resources at betterlife.church. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.